genre. It's Franchiseography, the podcast that digs deep into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez in The Electric Mayhem. Today, we continue our miniseries on the Muppets franchise with the only film that was part of a three-picture deal with Sony Columbia Pictures. It's 1999's Muppets from Space. And we have a guest joining us to talk about funk music, aliens, and very 90s cameos. It's professional stage technician and sometimes podcaster, <laughs> Becca Bullier. Welcome, Becca. Oh, man. Thanks. I That was a dig, but okay. <laughs> we'll come back eventually. I have to give you a hard time because I miss your show. Oh, so well, I miss is... the the love letter to me also. <laughs> um, yeah, no. We're, I'm trying. It's... Like you said, professional stage technician. I am mm-hmm. working so much and traveling. Like, I just was in New York, and I am getting ready to go to Vegas for four months. So it's it's been hectic. But we're trying. I'm trying to come back. And Ben's working all the time, too. So mm-hmm. we're trying. Well, at least you're going to Vegas during a time that, like, going to Vegas is weather appropriate. Like, you're not going to, like, die. Oh, I won't um, fry it. No. We love yeah, Christmas in Vegas. That's what that's what we're doing out there. <laughs> that's good. That's very good. Yeah. Um, so we are here to talk about uh, the Muppets. Becca, what is your background with the Muppets? What was your first, like, Muppet experience, I guess? And what are your overall feelings on the Muppets in general? I love the Muppets. They are one of my favorite brands of all time. Um, they... My family, like, kind of raised me in this, like, Muppet household, um, specifically when we would go to, like, the video rental store every single week, uh, even though we'd seen it probably a bajillion times. We rented the exact same episode of Fraggle Rock, uh, which is Wembley's <laughs> Egg, every every week, every single time we were up here. Uh, so I think I've seen that more than anything. But yeah, I and we have, like, one of the only DVD copies of Muppet's Family Christmas, which you, like, can't find anywhere so it's like just obsessed and to the point where like when we go to the theme parks and we go jumping around we're like well there's always muppet vision (laughs) we -hmm. could always go see muppet vision and it never gets old yeah yeah for sure um so what are your thoughts on this particular film oh i think it's terrible and i love it (laughs) (laughs) i think this is like i i think i even have a note here of like i think it's like the black sheep of um muppet movies of like mm-hmm. it came right out of uh, muppets tonight which was not super well received and i think it's like such a product of its time of like 1999 and like i think another one of my notes was like i want to know i was very little i was sorry friends three years old when this movie <laughs> came out um and like I don't even know when I actually watched this film because I know so many of these bits from watching the trailer in front of Mm. the VHS of, like, Muppet Classic Theater. So Mm -hmm. it's 
like when I was rewatching it, I was like, I know all these bits, but like, I don't remember this part or this part or this part. And so uh, I was intrigued to see that it was just as bad as my not watching it as a child remembered. <laughs> <laughs> uh nick uh had had you seen muppets from space before yes i have i have this very uh odd specific memory of there being a weekend in like 1999 or 2000 where my brother and his wife were out of town and my parents and i were house sitting and so over the weekend we like went to blockbuster and they rented muppets in space for me and I watched it alone in my brother's room with one of those like big, like early 2000s TVs, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just remember just laughing my butt off and thinking <laughs> it was hilarious and great and silly and that kind of like George of the Jungle 90s kind of like. And this is, it's so interesting that, you know, we've come, we're coming off of two Muppet movies in a row that were designed to be very timeless and literary so even though they both came out in the 90s you don't think of them as the muppets in the 90s the way that muppets take manhattan just screams the 80s Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the muppet movie is just like the quintessence of the 70s right um so it was kind of cool watching this the muppets try and like exist in 90s pop culture Mm -hmm. um so this is an interesting one i get why it's the black sheep um I can't wait to talk about who directed this movie and how weird that is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely, I get why this is not anyone's favorite Muppet movie, but I, I had a lot of fun revisiting it today after 20 something years. Yeah. I had only seen this movie once like on video, I think like shortly after it hit video. Um, and I, I remember thinking like, Oh yeah, I guess that, you know, that's a Muppet movie, but like, not really having any kind of deep connection to it. And there's always this, there's always this element. And I think we'll, we'll revisit this as we get into the, to the, um, the next era uh, of, of the Muppets um, 12 the years Walter from era. Now. Yeah. Um, the Walter era. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when we get to that um, and, you know, largely speaking, you know, even looking at like the ABC show and things like that, Starting with this one, um, well, probably starting with Muppets Tonight, all of the celebrity cameos are just so sweaty um, (laughs) that, like, every time a celebrity shows up and they're like, I'm with the Muppets, and there's just this element of, like, they're no longer performing to be in the Muppets because they're like, I'm with the Muppets. And there's this, like, weird disconnect where they're, like, internally freaking out that they're with the Muppets and they're like, wow, I'm with the Muppets, but they're like forgetting, t- like it's it just this weird disconnect that happens where all of the cameos become really sweaty because of this disconnect. Um, and very few, I think going forward, very few celebrity cameos um, work particularly well. Um, like in this one, I would argue the only two that really work are unfortunately, you know, Jeffrey Tambor, who's like pretty good in this movie um all you know let's he's a piece of shit but like (laughs) you know um but like that he mostly works and i think that's largely because of bobo doing the heavy lifting on that one um but i am very charmed by their relationship and then i think ray Liotta just like absolutely rules uh in this he's so great um 
everyone else is like has that sweaty quality that I'm talking about um, that I can't quite like. Well, here's what I here explain. I, 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 if yeah. I can, in an attempt to verbalize it, well, hey, yeah. I would say Jeffrey Tambor is like a supporting actor in this movie. Okay, kind of like Michael Caine. Sure, more than sure. like a cameo. Ray Liotta is like totally a cameo. Yeah. Um, okay. I think it's like I can imagine before the camera is rolling on Great Muppet Caper, like Peter Falk and Kermit the Frog, like sharing a cigarette. <laughs> yes. Like or like Charles Grodin. Like they they seem like yeah you know cool. Oh Kermit Kermit called me up and wanted me to do a cameo in the movie. Okay, that's fun. Um, I can but I can picture Charles Grodin <laughs> saying that. Yeah, yeah, Kermit, uh, he called me up. He wanted me to be in the movie. Like, ah, who am I? Who am I to say no to Kermit? You know, <laughs> yeah. he's a good friend of mine. We go way back. <laughs> yeah. It's like when, like, Ryan Reynolds shows up in, like, a rock movie, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. They're, they're, <laughs> right. Just a bunch right. of pals friends. doing movies with their friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. right. That is what it feels like versus the cameos here, which are just like, like, who could we get to be in this movie that would be excited to be with the Muppets? But they're all a little too excited. I yeah, think. it's like they're... a weird balance between, like, you have to be believable in the Muppet world that you're not an accessory. You're, like, an addition. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And, um, and so, therefore, like, a lot of these cameos are, like, violently chaotic. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing, too, right? Is that they they tend to... The cameos tend to play to the to the 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 celebrity strengths in one way or another, where it's like, oh, we're gonna have Peter Falk, so he's just gonna he's gonna do his Peter Falk thing, and we're gonna like this is per this is a perfect cameo. We wrote this cameo. This is perfect for Peter Falk. You know, this disgruntled waiter, perfect for Steve Martin. You know, that kind of thing. Whereas this is like, oh, we've got a cop in this. Like, who's available? Oh, we have a crazy scientist who's available. Um, you know, and it's like, oh, we'll put David Arquette in this and we'll put Kathy, <laughs> Kathy, yeah, Kathy like, it's, yeah, it's just weird. It's, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like they're, it feels like the cameos are written before they get a celebrity attached to it. And that should be, it should be the opposite. Yeah. Um, in my mind, but, uh, yeah, I remembered Andy Dick being in this movie and I was waiting the whole time for his cameo. And then I remembered it's just the Muppet that looks like Andy. Dick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So, so Muppets, Muppets from Space, um, after the absolute uh, failure at the box office that was Muppet Treasure Island, Disney was like, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, we'll, we'll circle back when you guys are um, completely worthless and then we'll buy you at like, you know, pennies on the dollar. Um so uh, their relationship with Disney was basically severed at that point, and uh, they started looking for another home. Um, this was during the era where they were trying to get um, the cheapest Muppet movie ever made. Made, um, but there was so there was the cheapest Muppet movie ever made. There was the the Muppet uh, King Arthur thing that they wanted to do, and then there was a story called uh, Muppets. Not from space, in space? In space. In, Muppets in space, right. And that was the initial version of this story, and that's what they ended up going with. It was, like, inspired by Gonzo's song in the Muppet movie. Um, and originally this was going to be a musical, and there was going to be lots of 
um, like tons of references to sci-fi pop culture. There was going to be like Men in Black references. There was going to be Star Trek references and Star Wars references and just every like I think now the only two references to that I, I think I clocked to like sci-fi movies were Close Encounters of the Third Kind and Independence Day. I think those were the only two um, that ended up in the final movie. But at that point, um, the director was going to be um, Randall Kleiser, uh, the director of Grease. Um, and during pre-production, they fired him mm-hmm. because they said that he wasn't uh, bringing enough vision to the movie, which... Is weird because they ended up going with a first-time feature director um, who had never directed anything except for like Ka- Action Ka-blam? League Now, Action League Now, right? Not Kerblam, um, Action League Now. Um, well, what? Scott, technically, Action League Now was a segment of Kerblam, so we were oh. both right. Okay, all right, great. Um, glad to hear it. Um, but uh, oh yeah, some other parodies were Contact um, and Alien. Um, as well, but yeah, so they fired him. They brought in Timothy Hill as the new director. Um, he removed most of the parodies, um, and they changed the ending in the original version of this. Um, in Muppets in Space, uh, the aliens abduct Kermit because they believed him to be like the Muppet leader, um, leading all of the Muppets to like go and save them. Right. Uh, and then there was a version of uh, they, they rewrote it, turned it into Muppets from space, made it about Gonzo's origin. Um, and in this version of it, it was like, yeah, Gonzo was like, oh, like, who am I? I'm a whatever, but I want to know. And, uh, you know, things kind of happen the way that they happen in this. But the result is that the aliens come and it turns out that, um, they aren't a bunch of gonzos. They had been watching the Muppet show um, in space and had decided the gonzo was the sort of like perfect being um, and had emulated him throughout their culture. And so while, while gonzo believed that he was going to meet where he came from, it turned out that like they just, made themselves look like Gonzo because they just thought Gonzo was amazing and they were big fans. And so Gonzo at the end of the movie stays with the Muppets because he's like, well, I'm still a whatever and you guys are my family and they're just fans. So there we go. And I don't know why they changed that. I don't know why they felt the need to like actually explain where Gonzo comes from because that is such a better ending to this movie. Um, For sure. It's kind of infuriating. (laughs) Can you imagine like an entire group, like a large group, like a, like an entire generation of people that like made Gonzo their like personality and icon. <laughs> yes, I absolutely can. I think I know a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think um, this is so much of a better ending of just like, yeah. it's more, it sounds dumb to say more Muppety of like this, like this, the whole idea of almost every, at least the newer Muppets, is like we're the Muppets and it's our family and we are the group of a bunch of weirdos who put on weird shows and mm-hmm. it makes sense that a frog is dating a pig and a whatever is dating a chicken like it's not a, a problem these are just this is what life is there's a bunch of weirdos and we exist and we are a family right. yeah yeah it touches uh, me a... as an entertainment professional who has yeah, friends everywhere it... like you guys 
It's a much better ending. Um, it's a much better version of the story, and uh, and it's and it's even compounded with the fact that you know this movie is not canon because no Muppet movies are canon. Um, you know, uh, Muppet canon is like metatextual. Where it's like the the Muppet canon is the Muppets being interviewed on the sets of their movies, not the movies themselves. The movies themselves are never canon. Um, and so, you know, there was a lot. I remember there was a lot of Gonzo being interviewed. And they're like, so we find out that you're an alien in this movie. And he's like, yeah, in the movie. <laughs> and they're like, wait, so you're not an alien? And he was like, no, it's just a movie. That's I'm fantastic. A whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, so then why did we make this about you being an alien? Like, what is the point of any of this? Um, but uh, uh, yeah, so this is the um, this is the uh, first film in part of a three film deal that uh, Jim Henson Pictures signed with Sony Columbia, um, with the idea being that like this one was going to be a huge hit and a return to form for the Muppets. And then um, we would get two more Muppet movies, uh, possibly. Um, cheapest Muppet movie ever made and then uh, uh, either like King Arthur or some other third thing Um, but the idea was like they had these guys lined up and the reason that Brian Henson didn't direct this was because he was planning on directing one of the other ones I think the the deal was that Frank Oz was going to direct cheapest Muppet movie ever made and Brian Henson was going to direct the King Arthur one Um, and so that was like the trilogy that they had set at Sony and this movie flopped so hard um, that, uh, Sony was like, you know, um, I know we had this deal, but I can't find it. I don't know where it is. So we're just going to pretend that never happened. And, um, uh, eat shit Muppets. <laughs> and that was the end of their deal at Sony. Uh, and it was the last time we saw, um, the Muppets on the big screen until 2011. Um, and, and led directly the, the failure of this movie led directly to Disney buying the Muppets in 2004, I believe. Um, so kind of an important, uh, piece of the, the sort of Muppet history in terms of like where it goes after this. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's sort of understood that this is the worst Muppet movie. I don't think it's personally, I don't think that it's so bad that it's like, it it is the worst Muppet movie, but it's kind of the worst Muppet movie by default, I think. Um, where it's like, it's not like a horrible watch. Um, like it's still the Muppets and, you know, I, I'll be honest, I, I will say, I will say this movie has something in it, features something in it that I think is my favorite thing to ever be in a Muppet movie, which is that they all live in a house together. That is incredible. Um, that is like one of the best ideas they've ever had. And outside of the, uh, brick house song, which the music in this is just like, I, I don't do? know. What, I don't know what the hell they were thinking um, with any of the music in this movie. But um, yeah, other than Brick House, uh, the opening of this movie, like the opening, like five minutes, seven minutes, or whatever, where they're all like eating breakfast together and waiting in line to get into the bathroom, and all like that's like some of my favorite stuff I've ever seen in, in a movie. Um, I think it's why I love the uh, the hotel uh, song so much in Great Muppet Caper because it's very similar, where they're all just like in a hotel together. Um, I just like when all the Muppets are together in this in under the same roof. I think it's the best. Um, so it's not awful, but it is, I think, you know, I guess we'll revisit Muppets Most Wanted and maybe I'll like it a lot more this time. Um, but uh, I, I think as of now, certainly this is like by default the worst Muppet movie. 
Um, I also think I didn't. So going back to like my relationship with the Muppets, I don't think I realized there was that big of a gap in Muppet content because like, like when you say like, oh, well, what was the Muppets mean to you? It's like, I didn't realize there was a gap in theatrical releases because I watched all of them when I was Mm -hmm. little and I would watch like Christmas is my favorite one uh, for like that one. And I watch the original Muppet movie. Like if there's nothing on and I want something in the background, that's the movie I throw on. But Uh I just think that what you're saying is right is it's like, it's not a bad movie. It's just not what the Muppets could be or have been Mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's definitely lacking the sort of sketch comedy quality, right? The the sketch stuff comes in like kind of in the act two with all of the like when they're when they reach the um uh the the sort of like uh lab or whatever Covenant. where they're trying to break yeah, where they're trying to break out um Gonzo, that becomes a little sketchier. Um but the third act and the first act, there's like no sketches really. It's just sort of plot and 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 story um which is weird um i don't love the uh i mean we'll get to it but i don't love the tv studio stuff um and uh i was i was uh (laughs) i was like i was like um i don't know shocked or appalled to see uh uh rob schneider in this like i was it was like uh it, it was like it was like getting splashed in the face with cold water so i was like yeah the muppets i was like oh god it's rob schneider um but it was uh the 90s uh, man yeah it sure was man um it sure was this is only like this was i mean this was the same year as like you can do it um right Wasn't that could Waterboy be any 90? that could be like eight movies man well, well, well that's Waterboy. It's, it's specifically water is that the Boy. first one is that the first one he says it in yeah water boy oh yeah okay yeah. That's where the legend began. Oh, I, I I I forgot that he did that in multiple movies after that. But yeah. Um Yeah, he does on. it in Little Nicky. Yeah. Um at least one more. That's a camp <laughs> of a guy just making movies with his friends, if I've ever seen one. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Very Adam Sandler leads a very I could imagine them all living in a big house together. Def I mean they probably did at one point, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, in his house Apatow. at Wonipasaki in New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Judd Apatow was like their skeeter. Right. <laughs> um, there's Skeeter, the, the, the one that disappears. Oh, Scooter. I'm sorry. <laughs> Get them mixed up. The long lost uh, sister. Um, for sure. Yeah. But, I, uh, uh, yeah. Our man, our between episode is going to be a mind. It's going to be insane. Yeah, it is. You're um, right. <laughs> I, yeah, I, um, I think, so what, I guess what I'll say before we get into our breakdown of the movie's plot and our walkthrough of stuff that we liked and didn't like, um, it is interesting how, where this movie fits into the theory of Muppets as a metaphor for the other. Mm-hmm. Like we've been talking all season about how like a generation of people who felt like they didn't fit in across a you know a spectrum of existence mm-hmm. finding solace in the muppets mm-hmm. um like becca mentioned like the feeling of being an entertainer and like that kind of like circus like carnival feel of like this is my found family this is my crew um but it's interesting what this movie has to say about like identity and gonzo you know gonzo has always been seemingly very comfortable in being a whatever in being the only one who looks like him. But this movie, which is interesting, it's like this is the one that's directed by an outsider. Right. Like Tim mm-hmm. Hill. 
the, right. the dude who would go on to make like hop and right. one of the spongebob movies so it's kind of like this is watching the muppets if they were kind of like an adam sandler comedy crew they wouldn't be working with like jim and brian henson they'd be working with like the guy that directed happy gilmore or right right and so this is the muppets in like a 90s comedy and i think that plot that you were talking about scott uh, you're right. It's not very sketchy the way that the Muppets traditionally are. They are like kind of in a 90s Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey, Robin Williams comedy where yeah. there's a bad guy and a good guy and there's a plot. But then it's all kind of like never taken too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think when I think about like Gonzo being melancholy about not seeing other people that look like him, I remember relating to that a lot as a kid and having mostly white friends and going to a school with mostly white people at the time in the Pacific Northwest in the late nineties. Um, and also like, I've been talking about the season, like all season, but like anytime I see Rizzo just in the company of other rats, I'm just like, this is what it feels like to be like working when I was like at a kitchen in a restaurant or (laughs) like with my cousins or just like a bunch of Mexicans in a room just being like, "Uh, Hey man, yeah yeah what's going on Rizzo's such a fascinating character as well of like the fact that he's such a popular little guy Mm -hmm. and then this this movie introduced I mean like Muppets Tonight introduces Pepe but that this this movie adds that layer of Pepe the Prawn as well with like Rizzo Pepe and Gonzo doing whatever their thing is going on and so Mm -hmm. it's just like these little guys doing little guy things you know yeah. Yeah. And and Rizzo being very Italian coded, especially more so in this movie than any other movie. Um like when he meets the other lab rats and they're all just like Well, that's the thing. It's like when you meet the other rats and it, yeah. it, it kind of it kind of illuminates Rizzo's character more. Uh-huh. Because yeah. like, hey, it's going over here. Yeah. I love all the rat stuff in this. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're they're incredible. Yeah, it's great. Um uh, I do want to shout out the um um uh, Tim Hill a little bit more just cuz I just thought it was funny that you you mentioned a SpongeBob movie and uh Hop. and Hop as his two things, but this is the director of Alvin and the Chipmunks. So you know oh, how dare how dare I how, <laughs> how dare, dare you, you forget <laughs> how dare you um Alvin and the Chipmunks and Garfield a Tale of Two Kitties specifically um, that one not the others yes just that not one. the others uh also weird right after Muppets from Space um he was uh one of the people who created the 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 television series Cousin Skeeter whoa uh, which Memory was unlocked. yeah Another which was a uh, Show. Yeah, another Muppet show. A boy, yeah. <laughs> that he's like a he's like a black Muppet and his name is Skeeter. Um and I was like and I and it last it was on the air for it says 98 to 2002. Yeah, it was um, on for a while. I grew up that, watching it. That's so crazy. Um but uh pretty weird that they were like, "Oh, are the Muppets not using Skeeter?" Well, we're going to take that name and we're going to use it ourselves. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. He's weird, uh, this guy. He did Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever. Important. That. The, one, Important the one with Aubrey things. Plaza. Yeah, the one with Aubrey Plaza. Um, he did The War with Grandpa. Um, I th- yeah. I'm and hearing it, a mini series of Tim Hill films coming. <laughs> absolutely not. Um, <laughs> and the SpongeBob movie that he directed was Sponge on the Run, the one that not- like set up that... like. Camp Coral. Camp Coral. Like, yeah, SpongeBob, SpongeBob Babies uh, prequel. Um, yeah, weird guy. Weird career, this guy. Um, very weird career. But uh, it all started with, uh, well, Action League Now and 
Oh, yeah, it's dead. Muppets from Space. So, and <laughs> so, okay, we began with a cold open, Noah's Ark. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noah, played by F. Murray Abraham. Cameo right out of the gate. Yep. Yep. Academy um, Award winner, F. Murray Abraham. And this is Gonzo. a dream that Gonzo's having, or a nightmare. But even in his nightmare, he can't help but do comedy bits. Which of course. I think is uh, very in character for the Muppets. He's, he's a Muppet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, the the joke, the conceit is like, oh, you know, the animals were two by two. There's only one Gonzo, so he doesn't get to go in the ark. He wakes up from his nightmare, and yeah, like he is living in the Muppet house, and his roommate is Rizzo. Rizzo sleeps in a little hammock above Gonzo. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, Scott, like this is like like S-tier domestic Muppet content. Oh, yeah. But it's cool that it this is directed by an outsider because it's almost like this is what we all sort of imagined was happening anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. Like, like, oh, yeah, they all live in a house together. And every morning, like, you know, Swedish chef cooks the breakfast and they all have to go to the bathroom. And yeah, it's man. It's yeah, like you said, it's great. And um, so here's my theory about the music. So oh. almost all of this is like 70s disco funk needle drops. Yeah. I think this is a product of the 20 year rule. Mm. Oh. Um, Exhibit B, uh, an extremely goofy movie came out around this time, which was very like goofy going back to his disco college, like Bee Gees roots. Right. And so I just think it's like. And that you know, 70 show had that 70 hit show the, had to hit the airwaves. Good point. Uh, at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's. That I make sense. I don't. I still don't like it. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. Um, and then you know, not for nothing, but the Muppets also, you know, made in the seventies, yeah. popularized in the seventies, popularized, yeah, in the seventies. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that that is very true. Yeah. I wish the movie itself felt more seventies as well. You're right. You kind of want it to be like a lot of like mighty mighty boss tones and like Smash Mouth. Because like that's that, what it looks like. Yeah, that's what would be. I feel like that would be really funny. Like I, <laughs> I, I feel like this would be more of a '90s time capsule if it was featured all '90s music. But the fact that it features like '70s soul and funk music kind of just it's makes it disconnect. not a time capsule. Yeah, it's a disconnect. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. God, yeah. and I'm imagining like them all waking up to like fat fat lip or something. Yeah. Uh or the wow, what I mean, what is the walking is on the wa- sun. Walking <laughs> on the sun, yeah. Uh <laughs> man, yeah. God, did Smash Mouth ever meet any of the Muppets? I don't think so. I don't think like, so. I mean, did Guy Fieri or Fieri? Fieri? <laughs> um I you think both. Have. Okay. Um, right. Is it like um, both? <laughs> it's he's, whoever he's talking to. <laughs> uh, man, Guy Fieri, very uh, Becca. We're learning. There's just like some people just seem kind of like they make sense next to a Muppet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, what? How he's has there not been? Oh man, they should have had like a cooking segment on Piggy's show on the ABC show where it's the Swedish chef and Guy Fieri like doing yeah. like a cook off. Like a, wow. like a barbecue cook-off or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The rights itself. Well, oh, man. it's that whole idea of, like, some people... Like, it's it's that, that thing that they say about Treasure Island versus uh, the Christmas of, like, how Michael Caine is in a room with actors, not Muppets. And he's acting like an actor in a very serious role. And then there is... Uh, Tim Curry, who is just a Muppet as a human, right. <laughs> and that's why he yeah. makes sense in those roles. So it's, so it's why I think that some people just are Muppets. <laughs> uh huh. 
So I think Ooh. it's like why Guy Fieri looks like he could work with the Muppets because he kind of just looks like a Muppet and gives Muppet energy. <laughs> that's that's true. Tr- that's true. I mean, now I'm like, there are kind of you could kind of look at any actor and be like, okay, who would go Michael Caine? Like, this is my scene partner. That is not a frog. That is my scene partner. Yep. Yeah. Or I'm in a room full of Muppets. I will become a Muppet. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, like Kristen Stewart. I don't. I can't. I could see her being like, no, that's not a frog. That's my scene partner. But, <laughs> but Kristen Shaw is also a Muppet. She's a Muppet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Kristen Bell, I think second one, second camp. I don't know why we're sticking with Kristens, but I don't um, know. word association. <laughs> um, but then what's cool about the domestic Muppet stuff is like it's not without like conflict. Like it's almost like a sitcom. Like Kermit's like, hey, we have painters coming to paint the house. Please tell me when they're here. And then, like, they gone, the animal scares them away. So later on, you see him having to be painting the house himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a quiet callback that is never addressed. Because it's just like, no, now Kermit's painting the house because animal is an asshole. Like, Yeah. Kermit's got it. You know, he's he's a responsible guy. He's and, and I this is why uh, I, I feel so much kinship with Kermit is because, yeah, no, that's exactly what I would do. I'd be like, hey, you're helping me paint the house, right? And then, like, when they don't help, it's like, well, house still has to get painted. So I guess I'm yeah. doing it now by myself. <laughs> There's that part where that the Muppet from Muppets Tonight with the sunglasses. Clifford. Um, Clifford, yeah. He has, like, they have bills. He's <laughs> like, Kermit, yeah. you want these bills? He's like, I put them in the fucking. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so, I'm so oh, so Frank Oz, uh, uh, again, was too busy to return to uh, be the puppeteer for any of his characters here. Uh-huh. Um, but also um, the uh, – what is his name? Um, he's also uh, the performer for uh, Clifford. Um, Kevin Clash. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Clash was also busy. He had scheduling conflicts with uh, Sesame Street and Elmo and Grouchland. Oh, of course. Um, so he was busy, Elmo, right? Yeah, he's Elmo. Um, Kevin Clash, uh, he performed all of Frank Oz's characters in um, Muppet Treasure Island, and then Frank Oz dubbed it over later. But in that, Frank Oz was there for the table read, um, and so they used the table read recording of his voice to like mimic, like he lip synced um, on set with that, and then Frank Oz re-recorded his stuff in post. So it was like there was a lot of Frank Oz involvement in Kevin Clash's performance of his characters. This time, however, not so much. Uh, Frank Oz was not there for the table read. Um, he was not there to puppeteer. Uh, Kevin Clash was also not available. So a bunch of other puppeteers did all of those puppets, um, all of those Muppets, and, uh, and then he just did the ADR at the end. Um, but... Uh, in the trailer for Muppets from Space, um, you can actually hear the pup- the puppeteers who are performing those characters on set. You hear their performance as those characters instead of Frank Oz, because at the time of the trailer, he had yet to record his ADR. That's a wild thing that they're just like, well, we need the trailer to go out. So um, yeah. I guess roll it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wild. Uh, you can go back and listen to that, and it's, like, jarring. I yeah, I, I meant yeah. to go back and watch it, but I didn't have time before we started. Yeah, it's pretty jarring. So Gonzo comes down for breakfast, and he's pouring his breakfast cereal into a bowl, and some loose letters of the cereal spell out, um, hey, man, what's up? I forgot. What, I remember, are, you, are there? you there? 
But oh, that was like oh, the look, second look, one. Look to the sky. Look to is, the sky. That's yeah, watch the sky. first one. Or watch the sky. Watch yeah. the sky. Uh, there's another great kind of little callback where uh, the the stove explodes and they're like, um, okay, bologna sandwiches. And then later, after everyone leaves, you see Rizzo coming with like a big plate of bologna and a cup of coffee. Yeah, because there's Mood. no there's, there's also no bread. No bread. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's no also bread. no bread. So then everybody leaves. This, this drove me crazy watching it this morning <laughs> because they're like they're like yeah, well, I blew up the oven. Sorry, I'm the Swedish chef, and uh, <laughs> it's because Of course, um, thank you. <laughs> and Pepe is like, oh, so it's bologna sandwiches, and then he says something else, and then he's like, oh, there's no bread, and then everybody's like, ah, forget this, and they all leave. Meanwhile, the the kitchen table is just full of breakfast food like there's cereal <laughs> and orange juice and coffee and toast toast and like all of the stuff that they could eat but like because they don't get the pancakes or the whatever the muffins or whatever it was that he was making they're just they like ah forget it i'm not eating bologna it's like you don't have to eat bologna there's toast right there everybody that was that was the appetizers they were waiting for the main part of the breakfast <laughs> yeah i guess does he do this every day or is this a special morning i think it's every day i think this is their norm wild it's like catering it's like you take it for granted when you have it you're like oh i don't want to eat really good yeah. chicken because i we just had this other weird chicken yesterday forget yeah. it this reminds me you know what would be really great is is uh one one of two things like for the, my first thought was it would be really great to see the muppets um running a fire department and they're all in a firehouse Pitcher. um yeah. together uh, and have to like get in their big pants and ride the truck and everything like that would be really funny. But then I was like, oh, but that might make firemen like feel bad and feel like you're making fun of them or something because they're they're all very sensitive because they put their lives on the line for for people. Um, so it's understandable. But uh, I just realized, oh, let's one up from the firemen, Muppet Ghostbusters. Wow, I, I want that. Say- <laughs> you're gonna say muppet cops no 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 muppet ghostbusters muppet ghostbusters no because no, firemen are yeah ghostbusters are just firemen that's um, right. but for ghosts yeah so yeah muppet ghostbusters that's what i want to see pitch it yeah i want to see them come but then we would have to they, sony would have to make a deal with the muppets again and maybe maybe they don't want to um yeah so uh rizzo is about to sit with gonzo but then he starts talking about getting messages in his breakfast cereal and rizzo's like i'm gonna eat this in my hammock i guess um (laughs) he gets a toy telescope in his breakfast cereal and he takes that to be a sign to watch the sky i really really like the the scene between gonzo and kermit where he's like hey man like i've had that dream again about noah's ark and i'm feeling really depressed lately and like alienated and and like then animal bites the paint the painters and Kermit like runs after them, but he takes the moment to stop and like finish his conversation with Gonzo and be like, Hey man, like you're distinct and it doesn't work, but it's like a friend trying to make a friend feel better. Mm -hmm. And it's just a really cool going back to these, these Muppets being like genuine actors and characters. Like that plays like a real moment that, that gives weight to the ending when, Gonzo is like, actually, these are my family. These are my people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I will say now that we're three movies into the post Henson era, the, the Whitmire era, um, it is 
very surprising how little Kermit is in the three of these movies. Um, it's it's kind of like I I every you know I'm just kind of taken aback where it's like oh he's kind of not the main character in any of these, um, which feels very strange to me. Uh, obviously, I think they they correct that. Um, for the most part, where with the with the uh, 2011 Muppets film and certainly the ABC series, um, but uh, yeah, it's you know having just rewatched the ABC series, it's there's so much Kermit in that he is like the protagonist of that show, and it's like so comforting and and feels so like correct that it's like going back and watching these movies from this era, it's it's very weird how little of uh, Whitmire's Kermit there are in these movies. That's interesting. In Becca, do you see this as like the lack of Kermit or Kermit not being the central protagonist as like a detriment to a Muppet movie? That's, it is a really interesting thing because I watched most of the nineties films growing up. Like, and so to me, and then I watched the Muppets classic theater, which was also Rizzo and Gonzo. So it's like, it to me the the content I was really watching other than the Muppet Show, which I watched plenty of, it was Gonzo Rizzo. It was the Gonzo Rizzo show for all most of the '90s. So I, I don't necessarily think it's a detriment, just a product of mm. that era of the Muppets. Um, and I think that there's something about Kermit that is so like centering that when they get back to it in the 2011. Sh- it's it feels right that we're now like this movie that's about coming back is about Kermit. Mm. Yeah, he almost becomes like a paternal figure mm-hmm. in this era. Whereas in the the Jim Henson era, he was like he was Tom Hanks. He was like Mickey Rooney. He was like the guy, the leader, the lead. And in these movies, he is sort of like the he takes a step back and becomes part of the ensemble and like, yeah, let's other Muppets come and take kind of center stage. But I never stop seeing him as the leader of the Muppets in these films. Like, I still see him as, and I mean, like, Christmas Carol is a story that exists, and so is Treasure Island. But, like, mm-hmm. this movie is an original story, and you still see Kermit as head of household of the, mm-hmm. the guy in charge and everything. So I think it's just, we're seeing less of him, but he's still playing the role he's always played. Yeah, it's like he's Optimus. And or like and just because it's Bumblebee, you still like, well, Optimus is the dad. He's he's the the head of he's the head dude. Yeah, I guess I I understand that perspective. I think what I'm missing is the straight man energy that Kermit provides, Mm. um, because I think it 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 gives balance to the zaniness of the Muppets. And I think there's enough straight man energy in Christmas Carol and Muppet Treasure Island without him taking center stage just because of like the nature of like, well, we are telling like a a classic literature tale. Um, But it's cast with Muppets for a reason. And these Muppets are in these roles for these reasons. Right, right, right. But, but it's like the literature store is the straight man in those uh, iterations, you know, Um, where it's like, well, we know we have to get back on track because we are telling a story that everyone knows. Um, So there's that. But, like, in this, I really miss Kermit being in this more because I think it needs – it has a distinct lack of, like, straight man energy. And I think that that is kind of a requirement to make the Muppets work. Yeah, Um, and it's more chaotic because of the lack of Kermit, I think. Yeah, definitely. For sure. This is arguably their silliest movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Uh, We cut to – 
covenant a government which we never is- know what it stands for like i looked desperately yeah. to find out today and i could not find it <laughs> that's funny uh and they are a government facility disguised as a cement factory which also has a fun callback later on um and it's run by jeffrey tambor and we get pat hingle yeah commissioner gordon yeah og commissioner gordon that's fun yeah and uh one of my favorite all-time top five maybe even top three muppets of all time bobo the bear he's i mean bobo's incredible but i mean that's the thing i love i love i love a full-size muppet bobo sweetums sweetums taking a bath in this with his little hair net that's the best um it's just the best i love sweetums i love bobo um i just love how like chill he is He's just so yeah. casual. He 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 goes small. He plays. He can play things very subtly in a way that not a lot of other Muppets can. Yeah, he's just a guy. <laughs> he's just a guy. For some reason, he doesn't live with the other Muppets. He has a suit and a job. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's great. Um, I he's eating like a marshmallow sandwich. It looks like mm-hmm. when he gets marshmallow. I... I've got a question too about like um, speaking of like uh, other other like new Muppets I, to this movie. Sure, um, we talked One-off about Mumps. Pepe, right? Um, when was Chip was Chip introduced? It looks like Chip was introduced in the Jim Henson Hour. I just like every time he came on screen, Bethany like screamed <laughs> like. <laughs> oh, is Chip the ugly human man? Yes, yes. He's the he's the IT guy from the ABC show. Yeah. Easily the worst Muppet. Oh, really? <laughs> I hated looking at him. <laughs> I love him. He's so bizarre. Becca, uh, what do you think of Chip? Uh, the the mad scientist? No. No, the, the ugly human flesh-toned Muppet with cross eyes and oh, weird brown. Yeah, that one. I don't have opinions on him. Like, I don't know. He just shows up and I just, I don't know. I've never thought about him really other than like he appeared and then he was gone. And so I just went right maybe around if, me. Maybe if he had lines, I could get his vibe. But yeah, whenever I'm I'm with Bethany, when you would just see him in a group shot of other Muppets, I would be like, what the, f- ah. you're not anything like the- <laughs> I think I think my favorite aspect of him because I love that like in the ABC show they just lean into how creepy he is and like uh-huh. they're just like yeah but he he blinks but the way that he blinks is it's just his pupils <laughs> whoa <laughs> just his pupils blink just the little black parts they just blink <laughs> that's so um, stupid <laughs> it's so stupid and it's so creepy <laughs> and it's, so it's the best i don't who know who was who was clifford in muppets tonight what was his role i don't remember if he was he was, was he, the, he was introduced oh, he was in? there okay i don't know was he in the band yes he he's like a band a member i think it was yeah. it sounds weird to say added diversity to the electric mayhem but i think that is where he that was his play hmm. got it that's interesting that he's never hanging out with the Electric Mayhem. It's because he's kind of weird looking, to be honest. He he's sort of like the third. He has like the third or fourth most lines in this movie. Like he has as much lines as like Rizzo. Yeah, yeah. Compared to like Fozzie or you know Rolf or Scooter. I think it is one of those things of like this movie and Muppets Tonight kind of bombed so hard that they like tried <laughs> to erase them. 
from like, oh, well, that movie didn't work, and these are the things that we added, so let's get rid of those things we added. Right. Like, I don't think Clifford is in The Muppets or The Muppets Most Wanted. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he's really in the Mayhem series. Yeah. No, he's not. They, yeah. um, okay, so, so the thing about Clifford. Oh, no. Um, yeah. The thing about Clifford is that, um, uh, he, Did he get canceled? He, yeah. Uh, he was, well, okay, so two things. Um, he was performed by Kevin Clash, who did get canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, and and two, um, a lot of people saw him as kind of a, a black stereotype. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he did join the Electric Mayhem. He was a uh, he was like sort of an extra percussionist. Um, the Ox percussionist. The, yeah, of all the bands that don't need an extra percussionist. Right. Right. Um. But yeah, so after I think after Kevin Clash was canceled and um, everybody was just sort of like, you know, this Clifford guy, I don't know if he's a good look. Uh, they, well, it, it is. Oh, please. Yeah, they got they got rid of him. Um, and at the UK premiere of The Muppets in 2011, um, somebody asked Kermit what happened to Clifford. And he said that he went back to his roots as a bass guitarist and supplements his income as a male model. And that's the last we ever heard of Clifford. <laughs> I love oh. That that's now because it was an interview with Kermit, not in a film. That's canon about Clifford. Right? That is absolutely canon about Clifford. Yeah, correct. <laughs> that he's a bass yeah. guitarist and a male model. <laughs> yeah, you could be like in Kansas City or something and just see like Clifford walking around and be like, "Oh my god, I think that's oh my god, god it's Clifford." Uh, yeah. Oh, we got a we got a studio musician to be play bass on this album. Whoa! It's Holy Clifford. shit! <laughs> You're from Muppets tonight. <laughs> Yeah, I used to do that. Now I do this. <laughs> it is, I mean, it is a little weird that he is like the first and only like racially coded Muppet. Mm-hmm. Like Pepe will speak Spanish and has kind of like an accent, but he is a king prawn. He's a prawn. Right. Yeah. He's, yeah. It's yeah. awkward. Yeah, it is very awkward. I think they, I, yeah, I think they just were like, uh, I think this was a mistake. Whoops. So... <laughs> The uh yeah, so Jeffrey Tambor and Bobo the Bear are looking for alien life, and there have been all these messages that have been left on like Stonehenge and the pyramids and Hollywood, but it's spelt wrong. Yeah. Are you Th- three? This part was very uh Doctor Who. Like this this felt like that that time when um mm. River Song was like leaving messages for the doctor. Right. Um yeah, all over the all over the world. Um hello, sweetie. It's the same kind of the same concept. They just, I think Stephen Moffat just stole that like wholesale from Muppets. Muppets, hail! Just take a steal from the Muppets. (laughs) Uh, Didn't think you'd be getting Stephen Moffat in a franchiseography episode, but you know, sometimes. Um, So Gonzo is up on the roof and he's like, you know, telescope, and they're like, oh, silly old Gonzo. Uh, He gets struck by lightning and he has an out of body like vision experience where um, he's like traveling through the stars, the shining star, of course <laughs> um, he meets two other weirdly kind of like racially coded Muppets, uh, two fish with yeah, like I, doing like Indian accents, but they're I've, obviously like the Muppet company. Right. I mostly mixed, white guys. Right. That's the problem. Right. It's like if they were, if they were, but that's the thing who, who does, um, who does Pepe? 
That, no, same thing. I don't know. Probably a white guy. Yeah, gonna, I don't know. I'm going to find out. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, you're right. Like, it's it's weird. But they're like, so they're like racially coded, but they're, they are just fish. So that's probably why they thought they could get away with it, because they were getting away with it with Pepe. But, like, yeah, I don't know. It's very and to go And to go a step weird. further, they're not even fish. They're, like, beings that have taken the form of fish. Right. Yeah, they're, like, cosmic beings. Um. So we get... Uh, I love the shot of of Gonzo up on the roof, like charred and blackened, and just cackling maniacally. <laughs> yes, it's very pure. Yeah, Bill uh, I also, Beretta is Bill Pepe Beretta. the problem. Okay, yeah. probably the only Pepe. Because it seems like uh, it, his voice still kind of sounds sounds the same in like Muppet Haunted Mansion and stuff like that. Yeah, and he took over um, Rolf, the Swedish chef. And Dr. Teeth after Jim Henson. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Thanks, Becca. Yeah. Uh, also, just speaking of great domestic Muppet content, uh, everything Poker Night, I love. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my favorite sequences. Uh, Pepe leaning forward and singing The Gambler to Rizzo, unblinking. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Pepe's been kind of a controversial Muppet in dueling genre, Becca. Um He's kind of like, and I think in the fandom in general, he seems like a love it or hate a Muppet. And mm-hmm. I love Pepe because he's like the first and only Muppet who's just a son of a bitch. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. That's why I also love love Pepe. And we're, we are a Pepe household in, in my family. Um, oh, great. There's a video game on PlayStation 2 called Muppets Party Cruise. And it's just like a mini game, collection of mini games, kind of like Mario Party. Um, but you can play as Pepe and even like all of his dialogue in that video game is such like piece of shit energy. <laughs> <laughs> I, so uh, just to defend myself. Um, once Please, and we accept if any, we accept, if, we if accept anything, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the Muppets, you know? Yeah. Just to defend myself. I, I like Pepe when he's on his own and I like Pepe when he's in the group with Gonzo and Rizzo. I do not like, that Rizzo, because Steve Whitmire has left the company and because they have not cast anyone to replace him as Rizzo, um, Rizzo is now not a part of that group. And now it's just Gonzo and Pepe. And I don't think they work together yeah, the um, as off. just the two of them. Um, I think you need Rizzo to break up that energy uh, because, yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't work. That Those two don't work. Pepe and Rizzo work together. And Rizzo and Gonzo work together, but Gonzo and Pepe, I don't think work together. But that's that's so that's my sure. feeling. I, I don't I, I don't like that he it seems like he's replacing Rizzo and I don't like it. I don't think it works. I think that Pepe is like too focused on himself at all times. And so that's mm-hmm. why he doesn't work with Gonzo, because like Rizzo, even though he's so self-motivated at all times, you can still see that like Rizzo and Gonzo are BFFs till the end. But like mm-hmm. I don't feel that Pepe has the same sentiment towards gonzo that rizzo right. does yeah, so right. I, I, I agree is, yeah he has that vibe like rizzo and Gon- yeah rizzo and gonzo are like you know like jay and style and bob you know platonic life mates yeah like they love each other and pepe is just kind of like he could be hanging out with anyone and right. he'd be tr- treating them the same way. yeah we don't know he- why we keep pepe around but he's cool company you know <laughs> yeah because he does have that moment where he like does how he will, he'll like joke about ditching them, but he won't. 
if right. like the chips are really down, but he might like like leave the Muppets to go like eat a like a falafel or something. Right. He he is the one that is going to leave the Muppet party to go to the cooler celebrity party yes. with all the hot women. Um <laughs> without a doubt. Like Haunted Mansion. He'd leave them all behind the for that line. one. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and so Gonzo gets the message to leave a message on his lawn. So he's mowing the lawn. Great. A lot of um great like Gonzo writing stuff in this movie. And I think what's cool is like Gonzo's a Muppet that I've noticed throughout this whole series of along with Kermit being able to play a whole spectrum of emotions. Mm-hmm. Like he can arguably go bigger than Kermit and be like super zany and goofy, but then also be like sad and hurt and melancholy. And I think he wears this star performance well. And think I think he carries this movie well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so the so going to your thing about like this them working as a trio, mm-hmm. Gonzo, Pepe, and Rizzo. Uh, Gonzo and Rizzo, sorry, Pepe and Rizzo have the idea of taking advantage of Gonzo's manic state, and they trick him into throwing a big party and building a jacuzzi because he thinks the aliens told him to. Yes. <laughs> And Rizzo's like, this is shitty. We, I feel bad. We should tell him. And Pepe's like, if you tell him, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> like, that's that's exactly right. Where it's like he's he's being bullied into being a bully. That is like the perfect energy. Um, and Gonzo is just like being Gonzo. And he's just, you know, earnest and and uh, gullible about everything. And it's it's Rizzo has feels guilt and Pepe feels nothing. It's um. just such a relatable friend group. Like, yes. like in high school, that you you were a part of this trio. You were one piece of it. You don't know which. Yes. Like, like in and in certain groups, you were one versus the other of like the bad yeah. influence. And it's like, it's like, should we tell them? No, we better not tell them. I want a jacuzzi. <laughs> it's just the perfect alchemy. It really is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the moment where you get the two one-off Muppets in a row of like the human kind of like Italian Muppet. Oh my god, the cake. Yeah, the cake. The cake part? <laughs> yes. I just... There's who no did cannolis that? at this party. <laughs> uh, I love mm. the kind of like loose... It's indeterminate how many Muppets live at this house. Mm-hmm. Which again feels very like artistic sort of like entertainment of like, yeah, you know, you come and go. Sometimes you get a gig and you're on, you know, you're... You don't... Oh, like so, so-and-so's room is open. So if you want to live at the room for a couple months... Yeah. Another great Muppet movie would be if they so so Nicholas Stoller, you know, who who wrote uh, or co-wrote um, the the next uh, two Muppet movies. I see where you're going with this. Yeah. Nicholas Stoller also directed the na- the Neighbors movies. Uh, you had Neighbors, which was a frat house. You had Neighbors 2, which was a sorority house moves in. Neighbors 3, Muppet house. <laughs> Come on. That would have been great. <laughs> Again, Seth Rogen, another another human who is very Muppet coded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I think there's even a SNL skit about it where he played Rolf and Andy Samberg was the Swedish chef. <laughs> That's amazing. YouTube it. <laughs> um, and, you know, I remember like I wasn't crazy about the vibes that the crew had in Muppets Take Manhattan. It was a little too. They were all in a group like this, but they were a little too like Audrey Wiz. And I don't know. I kind of like how 
shitty they are to each other sometimes. <laughs> yeah. This the, well, yeah, cuz that movie's very earnest and very like early 80s uh like tonally you know mm-hmm. and this is very late 90s where everyone was shitty to everyone <laughs> in the late 90s <laughs> um because this was 19 this is uh yeah like 99. Uh, 99 this is like um the this is like woodstock 99 uh disaster when uh limp biscuit uh, goaded everyone into setting the whole place on fire so you know um, um, not a great time, <laughs> Scott. Did they ever make a Woodstock '99 joke on the Muppet Show Ooh, on ABC? I don't, I don't know. That's Which, like I, I feel like it's a classic. Like Doctor Teeth, like oh, this is worse than we played Woodstock '99. <laughs> yes, definitely. I, I think like they that. do on Mayhem. Okay, now great. that you've now that you've said that out loud, I they <laughs> I almost guarantee you they did. Oh I to, man, I need to check yeah. that out. So Gonzo gets a, a vision from the mothership. Um, that they're like they're coming, that the aliens are coming. Uh, one thing we haven't talked about yet, and Scott, I want to get your opinion on this. Um, back in Great Muppet Caper, you mentioned what a good move it was to give Miss Piggy this low-level job at a fashion house, but she wants to be a, a, a famous fashion designer, like her mm-hmm. boss. And they kind of mirror that with, she's telling everyone that she got a job at a, as an anchor, but she's actually, <laughs> I feel gross saying this it just feels but she's she's referred to as the coffee pig yeah yeah <laughs> um with Andy I, mcdowell and rob schneider yeah so the reason i don't like this is because okay. it's it's mean like it's it, it it really feels mean like the movie is trying to put miss piggy in her place um i don't like that um i, I don't know and it's also like not that much different than what was done in the great Muppet caper. It's just, you know, it's like, it's like, Oh, we'll just do that again. And I I like her in a low level position, but I don't like everyone constantly pointing out that that's what she is. Um, and, and telling her that she'll never be anything else. Like it's just very, it just feels very mean. <laughs> what do you um, mean? What do you... you don't like the one female lead of the Muppets being told that she's on a lower level at all times. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't, <laughs> I don't mind her being at a lower level and dreaming of something more, just but I don't, told. but yeah, I don't, I don't like them being like, no, you're down there and you're going to stay down there. You stupid fucking pig. Um, and it's just like, that's the energy of all of those scenes. And it really bothers me. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get I get that angle. Yeah. Uh also very nineties. Very nineties. Very nineties. Early two yes. thousands. Like late nineties, yeah. early two thousands. Sure. Yeah. Like uh remember uh Audrey and Godzilla? She wanted to be an anchor and she worked for a bunch of assholes. Oh yeah. That's, That's right. right. It's a little Ooh, too the... real, too close to home as a woman in the <laughs> yeah. industry. <laughs> um, uh, the Muppets seem to meet Godzilla too. Why doesn't that happen? <laughs> it's just that freedoms. Would, well, we had. Uh, I mean, uh, Animal was a kaiju for like a second. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, a real kaiju. A real kaiju. Yeah. Uh, so mm. Piggy gets this bit. Andy McDowell is like stuck in traffic, and so she can't make the broadcast. So Rob Schneider's like, "Oh, what are we gonna do?" Piggy's like, "I can be in. I can be on camera." And she's bombing. She's not doing good. Um, I love that they're watching her back at the house and Kermit's like, should we go intervene? Is this, yeah. is this a her problem or an us problem? I also don't like this. I, oh, it, yeah? just, it just feels mean. It just feels like, again, it's like, ah, yeah, you thought you could be an anchor, you piece of shit, but you can't, <laughs> you suck. 
You're fucking Coffee terrible. Pig. Like it just feels so mean. Like I just don't know why she can't just be good at it. Like you know, I don't know. She's yeah, like not a snap too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I thought, I thought the joke was going to be that she didn't know what to say, and they were like the cue cards, and then she'd be like, "Oh," and then she would just snap right into it and be awesome. But no, she was still bad, um, and that really bothered me. Um, sure, I don't know. I don't like that. I don't. It's it's mean. I don't so, like when the Muppets are mean. Gonzo interrupts the broadcast to tell everyone that he uh, his breakfast cereal told him to. The aliens are coming, and then he got struck by lightning and saw visions of two cosmic. I like how it literally does sound like what a crazy person would say that called in a radio show. Anytime he tries to explain, you're like, but that that does sound pretty very true. Non- nonsensical. And Rob Schneider's like, oh, I think I sense an opportunity here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gonzo, like the camera loves you. This is crazy. You know, um, agents arrive to escort Gonzo to Con- Co- Covenant. Uh, I love how Rizzo just goes with them. Uh-huh. And we get... there's I a think, limo. <laughs> there is a limo. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, one of my favorite scenes in the movie, um, and kind of furthering my... I, just, I think Miss Piggy can do anything. Yeah. I just think she's such a great performer. And this fight scene she has with this agent is so dumb and so funny. Yeah. Um. Well, and the agent is uh, uh, Josh Charles from Sports Night and... Um, oh! Yeah, Sports Night and uh, The Good Wife. Um, very, oh. very famous, notable character from The Good Wife. Uh, heavily featured in uh, one of the most shocking episodes of the series. Um, a, a Corelli household favorite. Indeed, indeed. Um, so yeah, it was really fun seeing but, him. But this is like fresh off of Sports Night, this, this uh, cameo. Uh, Becca, did you ever watch Sports Night? No. Okay. I think I'm too little. It's Aaron Sorkin's Um, uh, first uh, sitcom, or only sitcom, I guess, technically. Yeah, I think I'm Uh, too little. Sorry. The way the way Becca, the way that like she just the way Picky sells every hit. Mm -hmm. Like, is that all you got? I don't know. It's like God. Like, yeah. She could she could be in John Wick, (laughs) and I would watch it. Uh, um, but then we get she kicks the guy in the nuts. This is the first like nut shot joke in a Muppet movie. Yeah, there's I don't a love it. There's a few <laughs> jokes in this movie that I was like, whoa! Like we just glazed over in the very first scene when uh, there's a joke that Rizzo Rizzo says, "Oh, the the dream about the goat dwarf and a jar of peanut butter." Yeah, and I was like, don't like that one. And then yeah, yeah. the nuts like it's just. Hmm. I don't like thinking about genitalia when it comes to Muppets. Um, um, where does uh, where does Rizzo doing push-ups under a mousetrap to a poster of the 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 mice girls fall into that? Does that work for you? I like that. I think that's okay. funny. <laughs> Doing it all for you, ladies. <laughs> I like how there's fine. also there's also a mice girls poster in the lab rat room. Uh huh. And I think it's almost funnier if he didn't put that there. It's just like the, the mice girls are really popular with rats. Yeah, absolutely. It's like Selena. <laughs> so uh, Miss Piggy incapacitates the dude from Sports Night. That's so funny. I didn't even catch that as a cameo. Um, the And then uh, the Muppets are like, oh, well, Gonzo's been taken. Oh, they come back to the Muppet house and sees that he has a bunch of fans outside of his house that have been like, that's all I'm on TV, and now they're like also kind of very 90s, like Independence Day, like 
how the aliens get like a fan, like a fandom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Piggy gets the idea to follow Gonzo to get a big story to make her career. Haggles a deal with Rob Schneider. Yeah. Which goes and, nowhere, by the way. Like For sure. <laughs> uh, Gonzo and Rizzo go to Convent or Covnet where they meet Jeffrey Tambor and Bobo the Bear. His name's Ed. Uh, a lot of this was fun. You know, Jeffrey Tambor, solid straight man. And just seeing uh, Gonzo and Rizzo just like playing off of Bobo. I don't know. They, I thought there was some fun stuff in this in this one. I, I have questions about um you know his insistence on like you know stop laughing at me like he it, like triggers him uh-huh. um in a similar fashion to that to uh Marty McFly getting triggered when people call him chicken oh um, i was going to say judge doom oh sure 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 yeah i guess more specifically with the stop laughter. that laughing but but the laughing but with judge doom the laughing is like oh i get it cuz he's a he's an evil tune okay so he hates laughter but like I don't know what his deal is with being laughed at in this. Like he's he takes it so personally, but there's no like setup to it, and there's hmm. not really much of a payoff either. It's just like a quirk. Um, Pat Hingle should have been laughing at him in the first scene. Yes. Then it's like then you're like, oh, okay. Like nobody takes me seriously, Bobo. Like I hate when people laugh at me. You know, Ooh, just something to set. That'd it up be really a cool bit. if if the if the generals like liked coming to visit. Jeffrey Tambor because oh you're such a dummy it's you're always good for a laugh that's we why I come... keep you funded <laughs> you hear what kind of stupid bullshit you're wasting your time with <laughs> yeah. and then when the aliens are laughing at him but like no in a good way we like that you're an idiot or whatever they're you know yeah. I don't know maybe that could have yeah I agree I agree that's perfect that's great something just a uh, le- I... level of reason yeah <laughs> sure yeah um Gon- the texture of Gonzo's nose has always fascinated me. Because <laughs> we get this close-up of Jeffrey Tambor, like, examining his nose. How do you smell? How do you smell? Bad. Trust me, I'm his roommate. Yeah. Ah, yeah. yeah. And that's um, the first time he gets upset by the laughing. Because he goes, stop laughing at me. And it's like, no one's laughing at you, man. <laughs> uh, we get a probing joke. Yes. Uh, also- yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Muppet genitalia. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a close-up of Gonzo's nose, and it always looks like it would be moist or like wet. Mm, guys, how do you guys feel about Gonzo's nose? <laughs> I don't know. Um, you never thought about petting it, touching it? No, I not really. <laughs> which Muppet would you want to pet? Wait, what, which like top Muppet would you want to like give a hug? As somebody who has hugged a Sweetums character, yeah. uh, Sweetums, yeah, so this is a thing that they don't do anymore, but for a while, a secret hack of Hollywood Studios was you could ask a team, like a cast member, uh, if you could meet Sweetums, because like right before he comes out during Muppet Vision, there's like a holding room. Mm. And uh, if you, this was in 2016, 17, uh, I asked very nicely and they t- said yes. And I got to wow. hug Sweetums. There's a picture. I'll I'll send it to you guys so you can see. Was he but like, was he in that holding room? Super soft. Was he in that holding room just punching a wall like Creed at the beginning? <laughs> yeah, for just sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was, it's so funny to see how that costume works because like the mouth is his hand. So he can only use one arm at a time. Uh, it's, oh. it's fascinating because the way that the mouth is operated is you put your arm in it and you just b- bump it up and down. And then, so th- he only has control over one arm. At a t- it's fascinating. Spoiler. 
if you didn't <laughs> want to know the magic of Sweetums. <laughs> so it was just a it was just a one armed hug then. This one was a two armed hug because he just didn't move his mouth because he wasn't talking to me. Oh, I see. you know, I fur you. characters. It doesn't. He move. wasn't. He wasn't doing his classic Sweetums laugh. No. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, Scott, do you have a Muppet, a top Muppet to hug? I mean, Sweetums would have been my answer. Um, so I'll it say, be, I'll say, still I'll say Bobo. Um, Bobo would be great. Absolutely. Would be a great hugger. That's little, the thing. The, the big Muppets, hug. those would be the best ones to hug. I um, would hug it, but for the same, also a bear, hugging Fozzie, I think would be really mm-hmm. peaceful. That's very true. Very peaceful. I feel similarly about um, Kermit. I think if I ever got to hug Kermit, I think I, I think I would just like pass out or something. I don't know. Um, he's too small, though. You can't really like he's you know you can't really yeah like, you can't like your... squeeze him. But like the idea of like Kermit hugging me would be like yeah. Sure. I think I would instantly just like just weep like a child. Yeah. I think <laughs> it would be it would be your like a uh, a Peter O'Toole eating the ratatouille. Moment. <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Great. We'll see if we can make that happen. <laughs> um, and one of my favorite cameos, speaking of 90s ass cameos, uh, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Oh, my God. <laughs> is the henchman in this. And I loved that as a kid. I thought that was so funny. Where he was like, I'm a bad guy now. And I'm like, oh, he is. Yeah. I, I just my notes here is Hulk Hogan as himself. Why? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just well, not like, as himself, as Hollywood Hogan. Right. Yeah, it's just (laughs) I I just and I looked so hard because I just wanted to find out like how that happened and like Mm -hmm. whose idea it was. And I just couldn't find anything. So now well, he was a movie star in the 90s. Right. But it was just like. What? And I guess guess he calls out the NWO specifically. Just yeah. Dating this movie in the most amazing way. Mm -hmm. I guess it just wasn't weird to me because I'm like, oh, yeah, Hulk Hogan in the 90s, of course. Maybe. Maybe that's just a a product of me of hitting it later. I don't know. I I watched so many Hulk Hogan movies when I was a kid because, like, he made, like, half of the kids' movies in the 90s. Yeah, Suburban Commando. Right. Yeah, that had Christopher Lloyd in it. You think I wasn't going to watch that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, That being said, we'll get to this later, but listeners, somehow... Hulk Hogan is not the most '90s cameo in this movie. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah! <laughs> we'll get to, we'll get to that. Uh, so Hulk Hogan shoves Rizzo down a tube and shoots him into the 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 cage where all the other lab rats are. And the prison. yeah, I I was just fuck chuckling like a dad watching the Three Stooges. Just every time they cut to one of the the, the one little rat that talks to the birds and then gets Perfect. attacked by a bird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's like twice his size. Oh, the best. It's great. And yeah, the main one, the main, the big, the head guy was just, I don't, God, yeah, he was so subtle, but yeah, emotion, that was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Gonzo, Kermit's like, hey, no, they're in the van and they're driving and Go- uh, Kermit has a speech of like, Gonzo is one of us. And, you know, even though he's a whatever like he's a he's family and we don't leave family behind. And Fozzie's like, I think we left Beaker and Honeydew at the gas station. And they're like, starting now. We don't. <laughs> Classic Muppet joke. <laughs> yeah. It's great. And they cut back and they're at the gas station. Oh, um, has the gadgets happened yet? I think I missed the gadgets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They get introduced to all the gadgets. Yeah. The do- door in a jar. And, uh, door in a jar, make- invisible duck and mighty mask. You're right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miss Piggy's super like late 90s spy outfit very true 
Uh, this came out like the year before Charlie's Angels, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. Kind of like pre, like black leather. Like if this movie came out a year later, she would have been like wearing like black leather. Yeah. Charlie's Angels, the most early 2000s movie ever made. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think if you put a, I think if you put like a, um, uh, if you tried to do like a, like a, uh, yeah, like a tournament style, like elimination thing of like, what is the most early 2000s movie? I feel like Charlie's Angels would win in a landslide. <laughs> Uh, Becca, was Charlie's Angels the source of nostalgia for you? Those those kind of two? Okay. I, uh, I knew the references of like anytime. I mean, like anytime I was in a group of my friends, we'd pose like Charlie's Angels for a photo. Right, but like I didn't. Right. It's, that's a blind spot for me. Uh, franchiseography eligible, Scott. Yeah, Just technically. Movies. That's true. So speaking. So I, I mentioned earlier that this movie has like violently chaotic 90s cameos and uh, sure enough, we get David Arquette, yeah, as the evil lab guy. Is this kind of Scott? What you were talking about at the beginning of the show? Yeah, where you're just like, yeah, they just get whoever's available. Like, I don't know why this is why this is him. like this could be anybody, and that's my problem. Like, you could put who, any cameo in this, and it would be like kind of similar. Or who's the best person it could have been in 1999? I'm gonna say Jim Carrey. Yeah, probably. Jim Carrey would be interesting. I could see like, like Mike Myers, maybe. Ooh, yeah, like doing like a German scientist or something. Th- that kind of falls more in line with like Mel Brooks's cameo in the first one. Yeah, you know? right, right. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm trying to think of, it, 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 but like David Arquette, it just feels so low rent as a cameo. Like it's just whoever they could get. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't love this. This is right, between, who, right between Scream 2 and Scream 3. Of course. His Dewey yeah. era. Yeah. Becca, do you have a 90 celebrity you would have subbed this out for? The only, like, I, I'm thinking along those same lines of, like, I don't know if Ben Stiller was, like, a person that was on set, screen yet mm. in the 90s. I think 90s. so. Um, yeah, so, I think. like, it's, like, that same, like, the Jim Carrey, Ben Stiller, Mike Myers energy of, like, somebody who just kind of melts into weird when they yeah. want to. Yeah. Like, give it, like play a weirdo. And they're like, okay, yeah. Got I can, it. I can... <laughs> right. Instead, they got ready to rumble era David Arquette. <laughs> I also think that this role could have been not a no name, but a up and coming of like, give them a shot to do a thing kind Ooh. of situation. Uh, when did Superstar come out? Was Molly Shannon like, oh, really... yeah. I mean, she was on SNL at this point for sure. Yeah, that would have been good. Yeah. Or Will Ferrell would be another good. Like Muppet guy, wow. I mean, he basically plays a like a Muppet, a Muppet villain in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Like that's essentially what that is. That whole Muppet, that whole movie is very like R-rated Muppet coded. Um, sure. Looking back, it feels very Muppety that movie. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I don't know the montage of Rizzo getting having to do all these tests just makes me laugh. Yeah, I also there's a joke that. He explains four feet to the ground, 12 feet to the door, four feet to the doorknob. And Rizzo <laughs> yeah. goes, that's 18 feet. And the other guy goes, no, it's 20. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just like, why? Why did that happen? That's great. Uh, yeah, we get like uh, talk, going back to the trailer. Yeah, like the the rat poison cheese joke was just embedded in my memory of like the, the punch, the, the spongy, the spring punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love every time we cut back, they like add another element to the rat poison to make it look more enticing, like the umbrella. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> That's great. And uh, not for nothing, I haven't mentioned this yet, but uh, back on one of our favorite things we've noticed is when they will sub out an alternative Muppet face or eyes. Yeah. Yes. Subbing them. Yeah. And there's a lot of good. Like, there's so much of that in this film of just like the eyes just so silly all the time. Oh, yeah. I had that note earlier, but I didn't want like it, it didn't feel right to insert it in the moment. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> That's what this walkthrough is for. Uh, Gonzo gets another vision from a sandwich. Oh, Bobo brings him a sandwich. Yeah. And then goes to get him jalapeno peppers um, (laughs) to add to his peanut butter and banana sandwich. Um, I love this sandwich. This sandwich is a great Muppet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then you need to eat this. You need to eat me. And then the joke of like, are you, are you gone? (laughs) Yeah. Man, it just hit me. You could have Bobo could have done every episode of King of Queens. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) It's very true. He would have crushed it. So uh, they they sneak in to uh, the uh, they sneak into the Covet Studios. We meet Ray Liotta, uh, and yeah, he just he just understands the assignment. I can't think of any other way to say it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, he's would, like he's like given up on being a movie star at this point and is just like having fun with like every role he's given. You know, he's just like making the most of every single role. Yeah. Um, it's kind of great. This is like a great era for him. Uh, you know, he was a little try hard through the 90s post Goodfellas. But I think at this point, he's just like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm in a Muppet <laughs> movie and I'm going to I'm going to be the best damn cameo you've ever seen. <laughs> right. But like, like what Becca said, like at the beginning, just I wouldn't have guessed that Ray Liotta, like, just works, just pops whenever he's with a Muppet. But then as soon as you see it, it just makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like, he's also heightened but earnest. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. And I guess the joke at the time was that he was, like, famously kind of grumpy or known for playing, like, guys with short tempers. Right. So now he's just, like, a, a sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Tell me I'm beautiful. You're so beautiful. (laughs) Uh, Gonzo goes in for brain surgery with that Andy Andy Dick looking Muppet that has a name. Um, I I wrote it down. Phil Van Neuter. Phil Van Neuter. He is also a Muppets Tonight original. There was um almost like from the Muppet Show when you had the um like pigs in space or like the operating room with the pigs, like how they all had these little like like recurring shows or bits that they had. He was mm-hmm. Tales from the Vet Table. And so he was Dr. Phil Van Neuter. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Were you, have you like gone back and watched Muppets tonight? I watched, I began to watch one episode of of it today because I noticed all these characters came from Muppets tonight. So I wanted to see like what their vibe was in that. And if it kind of, if it would add anything. How did it hold up? I only watched like five or so minutes, but I actually th- thought it was kind kind of okay as far as like I didn't see many jokes because uh, then I got distracted. But mm-hmm. um, like the cold opening of when Prince arrives, it was the Prince episode. And when he like arrives on set with the Muppets, he's like, yeah, I am checking in. And they were like, what's your name? And he and this was when he was formally right. known as Prince. <laughs> so he was like. Well, this is 
this is my name and this is the thing. There's no sound to it. It just, this is it. And so it's like a whole bit about that. So I like, I, I thought at least that joke was like, all right, this is pretty Muppety. And he was into it too, which okay. I liked. So, yeah. but I think you have to be into it if you're like the guest star of the <laughs> Muppet show. Yeah. yeah. It's not like, it's not like SNL. You can't just like sleepwalk through it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, uh, this scientist guy, um, do- Dr. Neutered, <laughs> whatever. Van Neutered. Um, yeah, Dr. Neuter. Uh again, uh, bringing up genitalia, don't like it. Um uh he is he is very um Andy Dick, but he's also like Andy Dick, an Andy Dick Muppet, Muppet combined with um Polly Shore's character from a goofy movie. Like mm-hmm. you like oh, yeah. merge those two and you get this guy. <laughs> it's kind of the vibe. Uh also notable, he's a human Muppet, but he doesn't have horrible flesh-colored felt. That's true. He's green. That's true. The way Muppet should be. Muppet should not be flesh colored. <laughs> Except for Chip, who's perfect. Oh, God. And the Italian guy. <laughs> I, think I think he, he was gray. Green. Like gray or like gray blue, I think. Um, I don't know. So, yeah. So the, <laughs> the, the rats break out and they're in the vents. And yeah, there's this kind of, there's this really cool moment where there's a fork in the road and the rats are like, all right, we're going this way. And Rizzo's like, well, I got to go this way to help my friend. He like, you know, he's, he's my bro, we're roommates. And uh, the rats are like, all right, man, well, I'll see you later. Like, and the uh, kids got Moxie and they're like, oh, what's Moxie? And it's good. It, it's cool. It's kind of like on theme of like, this is the lesson that Gonzo will learn later of like, I know, like, I know we're rats, but Gonzo's my homie. And like, I have to make sure that he's okay. Yeah. Um, but then the other rats come to help Rizzo and they attack Dr. Van Neuter and uh, we get that great Independence Day reference. Really good. Really good. And you can tell how good it is because they couldn't remove it from the movie as much as the director wanted to get rid of all of the parodies. Like, they right. couldn't do it. Yeah. Did we talk about all the people at the house? All the yeah, the, yeah, the fans and like yeah, the Gonzo all the fans, fans and like yeah. the the plate of mashed potatoes. That's like I'm so <laughs> yeah. I was so fascinated by them because I'm like that's clearly not mashed potatoes, but like what is it? Like I couldn't figure <laughs> out. It was moving, and it was just so like off putting. Like I was like, what <laughs> is that? Like I, the consistency, the consistency of it was freaking me out. Um, like some kind of sculpture, but I I. Yeah, man, it was freaking me out. I don't know. Why wouldn't you just use mashed potatoes? Yeah. They're inexpensive. Because, you know, it wouldn't hold up because of the 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 uh, gonzo nose that it had. Um, the the, oh, uh, the mashed potatoes probably wouldn't have held it together. We get the joke of when they spray themselves with the, with the invisible duck. Yeah. And they walk past the guards and Pepe says, well, he's bad for you, okay? And then the guards <laughs> are like, I, I didn't know you cared. <laughs> that is good. Uh, and then we meet another guard, another cameo, uh, Kathy Griffin, mm-hmm. as a security guard who is chased by Animal and then later uh, lays with Animal. And they, they fall in love. They do. It's yeah. a runner we don't think about a lot of like, because there's also a, in Muppet, in Muppets Take Manhattan, there's a joke of like, oh, Animal's chasing another woman. Well, I mean, yeah. that was his thing, right? He always chased women off stage in, uh, in yeah. the Muppet show. He's woman, just a rock woman, star man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's you know, it is, it is what it is. I guess there's, a, there's also a moment when they become un, unvisible, like we, mm-hmm. like they co- become uninvisible. Visible. And sure, 
That's the word, I guess. <laughs> um, where, like, Pepe's in a tutu. Right. And it's never, like, like I went back and I was like, was this ever established of, like, why is he in a tutu? Was this a deleted scene? Like, why? Well, that that was a classic hacky late 90s, early 2000s joke of, like, oh, no, this male character, when no one's looking, wears female clothes, wears, like, dresses. Like, thongs, whatever. Like, yeah. why are you wearing a thong? Or, oh, why do you have this in your closet? He's like, uh, I don't know. No, yeah, you know. Yeah. Boo. Yeah. 2023 yeah. lens. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, this has not happened yet, Becca. Like, for a bunch of comedies that are, like, 40 years old, there's been, like, shockingly few mo- jokes like these that are like, oh, this doesn't age well. Because it's the Muppets. Right. Right. Also, yeah. we forgot to mention in the Kathy Griffin scene that uh, Fozzie goes to the bathroom and washes his hands and washes the invisible yes. stuff off of his hands. And so his hands are just like floating. And his mom, his mom always says, wash his hands, no exceptions. Yeah. And Kathy Griffin tries to arrest the hands. Um, <laughs> the two of them. It's pretty good. It's both pretty of great. you. I think she says, like, put your hands up. B- both of you. No, she says, hands up. Because... <laughs> uh, their hands and she wants them to go up um it's good uh, i don't know what do you scott what do you think about kathy griffin uh, i don't know i don't um i have strong feelings one way or another i don't sure. think uh yeah i don't know i got i got nothing i don't think she deserved to be canceled the way that she did for her um political statements uh, uh didn't she like hold the severed head of the president up and for a magazine or something Is yeah was? trump yeah 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 but i don't know my feeling walk- is like he kind of deserved that at the time uh, I walked in on my dad watching my life on the D list once when I was a kid. Yeah. And I was like, this is so unlike you. <laughs> yeah. And I think about that sometimes. I'm like, what was yeah. he? Does he, did he, does he watch that a lot? I don't know. Um, so we get the door in the dark, the door in the jar joke where the door is super small. Yeah. And Pepe runs through it and they think, they think he ditched them, but then he was just using it to unlock the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Solid, solid. Yeah. It looked like a um, like a Sesame Street door to me. It did. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if that was a reference or not. No okay. Sesame Street cameos in this. That's a bummer. No. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, I think probably because Sony like didn't have any of the rights to those characters mm-hmm. um, in their deal with the Muppets, probably. So they escape. They're riding on the Muppet bus. And Gons is like, this is great. Now we can go to the beach because the sandwich told me to go to the beach. That's where the aliens were going to come. To Cape Doom. To Cape Doom. Yeah. Like Judge Doom. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Muppets are like, oh, God, this bullshit again. But Kermit is like, hey, man, if you want to go to the if look, if you want to do this, if this is important to you, we're a family. We're the Muppets. Like, we'll, we're going with you to the beach. And uh, when they get there, um, the whole oh, because like I think uh, Piggy leaked the information to her cameraman. Is that what, what happened? Right. Well, she told the cameraman like, "Hey, meet me here. Don't tell anyone." And then he's right, got right, got it. And he hangs up, and he's like, "Everybody, we're going here." And like, like he he just thought they were talking to like she was meeting like everybody there. Like, don't don't tell anyone outside of everyone around you or something. Uh. Jeffrey Tambor, there's that bit where he's like, go get the automatic reverberator. But he's like, what? Like the big gun. Go get the big gun. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and then the parking ticket joke, which I thought was solid. So his car got impounded. So he's like, oh, it's okay, sir. We can take my company car. And it's a cement truck. Yeah, that's really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Uh, they're all having a classic 90s beach party with trash can fires and everything. And we get a very special cameo. Uh, none other than Katie Holmes and Joshua Jackson as their characters from Dawson's Creek. Yep. Pacey Witter and Joey Potter. Um, I uh, I love this. And there's an extra layer to this joke because this was filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina, which was a brand new like place for people to film stuff um, at the time. And this is where Dawson's Creek was filmed. So they just like popped over from their Dawson's Creek set over onto this set while it was filming because they were all filming in the same area. So, um, yeah, it's like it's just straight up like Pacey and Joey and it's the best. Um, I love this. <laughs> it makes me I was already thinking about rewatching Dawson's Creek recently and now I'm like, oh man, is this a sign? Do I need to watch Dawson's Creek? Your again? cereal's talking to you, Scott. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh the actual scene itself is okay. Like it's like Pepe and Clifford hitting on Katie Holmes. Yeah. I mean you can tell it's like improv, you know, like mm-hmm. that it wasn't in the script because they're not even credited in the movie. Um uh, that's right, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I've actually never seen an episode of Dawson's Creek before. Really? No. Neither no, have I. I don't no. know if it was ever available. That doesn't surprise me. Um, <laughs> no one is surprised by you not seeing an episode of Dawson's Creek, Becca. Someday, I'm a little maybe. surprised at Nick, but um, still not that surprised. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it gets to be, oh, Annie McDowell runs up as Piggy's living her broadcast and we get an Andy McDowell, Miss Piggy fight. Um. Yeah. Uh. Kind of just another. What we've been talking about, like vaguely mean spirited, but it's not like. I mean, Picky would like fight hosts on the Muppet Show. Yeah. No, this was one of the comments that I actually like wrote out, like wrote down because I was like, Jesus Christ, because it was please ignore the little sow, and I was Mm -hmm. like, Holy shit! Like, yeah. It's like it's often that Piggy is referred to as a pig. But like that, like referring to as a, her as a sow, like hit me differently. I'm like, ooh, I don't like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is Andy McDowell the most random cameo in this movie? Of like, why, why Andy McDowell? Like, out of every anyone and everyone that you could get for this movie, why is this Andy McDowell? That just feels so specific and random. I think a better move would have been maybe like Katie Couric. Yeah, like an actual like like a news. famous journalist. Yeah, right. Like Bar- Barbara Walters. That would have been really funny. Yeah, like the closest thing I can think of of Andy McDowell being associated with the news was as the producer, the news producer in Groundhog Ma- Day. I was going to say Michael. Oh, is she also a producer in that too? I think I think that was her type. Is like yeah, the nineties yeah, ca- career lady. I guess that makes sense. Um, I don't know. It just felt very, very strange to me. What a, what a, just a random cameo. Andy McDowell. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Piggy sprays her with the spray and makes her get coffee for everybody. This is the kind of part that like five years later would be like, oh, well, we obviously get E-Banks for this. This is an Elizabeth Banks. Oh, Banks would have crushed this. Yeah, that's that's what this feels like to me. Um, just uh, Elizabeth Banks hadn't been invented yet uh, <laughs> in 1999. <laughs> uh, 1999 Drew Barrymore would have been fun. That's true. That is true. That's good. 
Jennifer Aniston. Oh my god, if Miss Piggy cameoed on the morning show as like a new anchor, that would be incredible. Oh Don't. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Don't, Don't bring that up. <laughs> Don't do that to me, Nick. <laughs> Don't put that in your head. <laughs> So it gets to be 1 a.m. The aliens aren't here yet. Uh, like, eat shit, Gonzo. <laughs> I spent the night at the beach with a bunch of other people because of you. Uh, a lady throws something at him. Yeah. A fake nose. And Gonzo's like, have you been wearing fake noses to look like my nose? I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> well, we all know people's reaction to the, Bra- the, the Bradley Cooper movie. So, yeah, it's not a great look. Um, this whole section of the movie, I feel like takes forever. Uh, I, it just feels very long. Like when they get, when they first get to the beach, to the end of the movie, it's just like, it feels like an eternity. And I don't know. Cause it just feels like it's ending for like 25 minutes. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, Becky feels similarly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like at, at one point I think like. I yeah, I have a note here that's like the stakes don't get higher from here. Like it's it just, kind of plateau. Yeah, it just kind of happens. Yeah. So finally, a little girl who I assume is like Tim Hill's daughter or something, uh, points up to the sky and is like, "Look!" And a probe shoots down, and it uh, it's they're like, "Oh, is this the ship? Oh, they're small. Okay, that's okay. Like small's good, right?" Kerb and Kermit's like, "Yeah, I mean, you know, we're kind of we kind of average small." <laughs> We lean. I think we're all under five feet. But then it turns out that was just like a landing light like to bring the actual ship. And they open up. And what I will say, I am totally pro. I get why people are like, don't treat this movie as canon. Like Gonzo's not an alien. He's a whatever. It's okay that he's like the only one. But it presents the Henson company with a really cool, unique opportunity that I think they do a good job with, which is like creating other gonzos yeah Mm -hmm. like oh we've never done that before we've had a couple of frogs and rats and pigs but we've never done other gonzos what would other gonzos look like yeah i do wonder however because this was always the intention even with the original ending is that they were going to all look like gonzos and then reveal their true selves at a certain point that Mm -hmm. they can like change their form and they've chosen the form of gonzo um, because, because he's the he, ultimate being. Yeah. Um, non-binary icon. Right. Uh, and I wonder if the reason that this change was strictly budgetary of like, <laughs> we, we ran out of, right. Like we, we would have to make all of these gonzos and then also what they look like when they're not gonzo. So yeah. it's like, it's like tw- instantly twice as many Muppets. And Gonzo's know. such a, uh, shape. Like he's the, his Muppet mold is so different than all the other Muppet molds. So it's mm-hmm. hard to like then take that mold and like change it into something else and like mm. recycle that, that shell of the Muppet. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever get a chance to go down to Atlanta, go to the center for puppetry arts. They have a very, very good Jim Henson, like, like section of it. And Ooh. so it, it's in it. That's how I was like, yeah, Gonzo's like so original mm-hmm. that he's, not easily transferable to a different kind of shape. Mm. Yeah, it's so interesting. I, I like, I like. They all seem to have like lighter colors than Gonzo. They all seem kind of like pink and purple and violet. Yeah. Um, and I like 
I don't know. I like the voices that the Muppeteers give for like, you know, the king, the Uber Gonzo. Mm-hmm. Um, they sing Celebrate Good Times. Come on. Yeah, they certainly do. I can't do. hear that song without this movie in my head. Yeah. Really? That's it's um it's not even that it's disco, it's like Radio Disney. Correct. Like, you know what I mean? It's it, like yeah. When this song comes on in public spaces, which is not often, but like all of my friends will be like, Oh my god, I love Muppets in Space. <laughs> like it's just that's the instinct of like that in Brick House. It's like both of them are like, Yeah, Muppets from Space. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I even read a letterbox comment today that said that uh, the reviewer was like, as a kid, I thought Celebrate was a Muppet song. Yeah. And then later it was like, oh, it's Casey and the Sunshine Band. That checks out. I, I will say um, when the ship is landing, the, that process of the ship, like, you know, showing up, uh-huh. uh, it is it is like it is very similar to the way they shot the Enterprise in Star Trek, the motion picture of just like. This is taking so long. I get that you guys are proud of this ship design, but oh my God, please just land the ship and get on with the movie. <laughs> Not the last time we'll bring up Star Trek. Oh. Uh, the, uh, and then I, I like the thing about how, because like, going back to like, the theme of the movie is like Gonzo has always been so singular mm-hmm. and his own dude, his own like thing, whatever. And in this movie, it's like, oh, but like, you know, there's that part we talked about where like the Muppets adorably keep family photos of each other on their mantelpiece. Mm-hmm. So we get like Fozzie and his mom, Kermit and Robin, the pigs, the other, you know, and, and then there's like this heartbreaking photo of Gonzo alone at the beach. And it's that feeling of like, oh, like, yeah, I love these my friends and I love these Muppets. But like, what am I like? What am I a part of? Am I a piece of a larger whole? And the part where Gonzo comes up to the with the other eight Gonzos, and they're like, "What? What? What now? Like, we're gonna shoot you out of this motherfucking cannon, Gonzo!" And Gonzo's like, "Oh, you guys do that too!" <laughs> like, and that's a really unique feeling that I think, I think a lot of people can relate to. Is you know, we come from families, but then we realize that we're attached to this bigger culture. And it's like, oh, wait, you guys also do this? I thought that was just me. Oh, okay. And it's like that feeling that, oh, I am a part of a whole. I am part of a bigger thing. And this thing that I thought was just me, you also feel this too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like I don't know. It's like the equivalent. Like, you instantly trust these guys. Yeah. that That mm-hmm. is uh, – that's actually similar to how I felt, uh, uh, you know, growing up and telling people that I would eat – a bunch of fish on Christmas Eve and everyone thought that was the weirdest thing they'd ever heard. Like, why would you eat a meal on like a special meal on Christmas Eve? You eat the special meal on Christmas day. And I'm like, no, you don't, you don't really eat anything special on Christmas day. What do you guys talk like? And I just felt like I was crazy. And then later in life to learn that like, Oh, that was because that was the feast of the seven fishes. And it's specifically an Italian American thing. And that I had that same feeling of like being shot out of a cannon because I love it so much, you know, of like, oh, yeah, OK, that's why that that is a thing that I used to do. Um, and so that's why I do it now every year, because it's like it makes me feel like I'm a part of something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's the yeah same like, thing. like not only are you not weird for loving to get shot out of a cannon in our culture, that's like the highest thing. It's an honor. For, yeah, it's an honor. Yeah. 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 When you said when you said that Gonzo is his own thing, I did instantly just like picture 
um, like the the T public shirt uh, combo of like Gonzo S pumpkins, just like instantly in my head of like Gonzo uh, and like the little <laughs> the little suit, the pumpkin David S. Suit. pumpkin suit, yeah. Um, and I was like, get that. Why does that work so well? <laughs> <laughs> have y'all ever seen a human cannonball? I don't think I have. But... It's crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh, they still do it. it there's like a few people uh and they're like they get shot and then they hit this net that's like 20 feet in the air um and it's just it's like crazy to watch you're just like why do you want to do that why because the because the idea like inside the cannon right of a human cannon cannon um is like it's like a platform that they're standing on and when the cannon goes off it's exploding the the platform and the platform is pushing them out of the yeah. cannon. Um, so, you know, to everyone else, it just looks like they're exploding out of the cannon, but um, it's just it's not hydraulics. As, like, right. It's not as, it's not as crazy as it, as it looks from the outside. Outset, I mean, but, it, but it's you're still, still being that, rocketed. Yeah, across. No, for sure. They're still being like <laughs> shot across the sky. Yeah. But it's not any crazier than like skydiving or, you know, yeah. any of those other like extreme things that people. We do. had an extreme sports park at the amusement park I worked at for years, and Human <laughs> Cannonball was one summer. Uh, I'll tell you off what happened to that one. Oh no! <laughs> Is it because there's an episode of The Simpsons where Homer goes to I think Woodstock '99 and gets like shot in the stomach with cannonballs over and over? I think it's Lollapalooza, but yes. Lollapalooza. Yes, yeah. thank you. I, yeah. Uh, Billy Corgan smashing pumpkins, Homer Simpson smiling politely. Yes, correct. Um, <laughs> the best. So, and like, is that, is there any medical, I mean, I, I don't want to say is it safe to get shot out of a cannon, but relatively speaking, yeah. are, there's no, like, you can only do this so many times or else. No, you could do it as long as your body is, like, you're fit and able to to do it. Because uh, yeah. it's not, it's not it's inherently dangerous in the fact that you're zooming in the air. Right, right. But it's not dangerous, more dangerous than, like Scott said, like skydiving or right. doing any other extreme spots. Yeah. Like you're just stuff. being, you're just being, football. you know, you're being like, uh, like uh, pushed, pushed violently into a net, you know? Um, okay. It's like an extreme like, version of like a trampoline deal. Trampoline like, flip into a net or something. Like boxers can only do that for a set yeah. amount of time because they are literally like destroying their body a little bit each time. Yeah. Nope. That's definitely the case with Homer getting shot with the cannon in his stomach. Um, right. Yeah. But yeah. Not, the not the human cannonball. No. No. Got it. Just yeah. hanging out. Cool. Yeah. So uh, Ed comes with his gun to. Oh, oh my God. I'm sorry. I, I hate to jump all the way back, but this startled me. So to go back to the dude from Sports Night, the agent. Yeah. That so Biggie goes Biggie goes to address the two agents. And I don't I think the one who isn't Josh Charles instinctively reaches into his coat pocket <laughs> to pull out a gun <laughs> yeah. to shoot Miss Piggy. Yeah. I don't think and I caught that. It was like he goes like this. I was like, oh no, no, hold on. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Anyway, so anyway, we go all the way back. Ed has a gun, and he's like, I'm going to fucking kill all you dirty mups. And then it's not loaded, and they laugh at him. And they're like, stop laughing at me. And um, they're like, no, this is – you're really funny. Your comedic timing is impeccable. Like, we love you, Ed. Ed's a good guy. Give Ed the special cape. And they give him the cape, and they're like, you're going to be our new ambassador to humans. And then, like, the Star Trek theme starts playing, and he's like, oh, you mean – 
to boldly go and it's cool and what it also a kind wonderful of, monologue <laughs> yes yeah it also kind of speaks to like what this society values is they see ed's silliness as like a good thing and it's yeah. uh it's cool you can kind of like trace like okay this this his gonzoness comes from somewhere which mm-hmm. some people might not like they like mm-hmm. no he's a he's a pure creature pure chaos he crawled out of the primordial ooze a gonzo on four legs yeah like a shark I wish there was, like, I guess more of a of a, a through line or or connection being made between Jeffrey Tambor and Gonzo in that, sure. like, Jeffrey Tambor finds the found family that Gonzo already has. Mm, yeah, you know, because um, he's basically he's going to be their Gonzo essentially, the way that Gonzo <laughs> yeah. is is for the Muppets. That's, tr- that's true. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like there could have been more of a point uh to be it's a little there. it's a little slapdash yeah yeah so they're getting ready to leave they're all really sad you know like rizzo is like oh i can find another roommate and they hug i really uh gonzo and kermit's farewell also really heartwarming yeah um then he's like you know what fuck this <laughs> i'm not i i already had this isn't i just wanted to know where i came from but i know where i belong um, which also kind of resonated with me of like, I've, I've built my own identity, but it's just comforting to know where I came from or mm-hmm. like what I'm a part of, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily have to like, I already have my own identity. And so, uh, I mean, I, I, I like Kermit did the, the flight. He was so happy that Gonzo was staying that he did the, the yay. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Um, and they leave and then they're on the roof. Yeah, they're on the roof and we get the joke of like, one thing I don't get, why did they want to make me build a jacuzzi? And Pepe's like, <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, yeah. Direct, directed by Tim Hill. Uh, yeah. And thus ends Muppets from Space. Again, yeah, like this, this is like one of the more uneven Muppet movies. It's a lot of people's mm-hmm. least favorite Muppet movie, but it's still a goddamn delight. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. We we talked about the soundtrack, and I just, like, as we were going on, I remember apparently Ween wrote an original song mm-hmm. for this film. Yeah. And when I listened to it, and it was like, this is the most Gonzo-y song ever. Yeah. It was wow. just, like, so laid back and low-key. Yeah. I wish and it, it made me the- sad that it wasn't a musical because he was supposed to sing it in the musical oh, version. Yeah, that 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 song was in here. There was a uh, a reprie of uh, "I'm Gonna Go Back There Someday." Wow. Um, yeah, it was like going to be a full blown musical, and uh, I think Sony nixed to that idea because. They were like, nobody wants that. Um, nobody wants music. Like that's why everyone hated Muppet Treasure Island was because it was a musical. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what logic their logic was. Movie. Yeah, I don't know what their logic was, but uh, they did not want this to be a musical because they thought it would be a bad idea. So they just wanted to see what would a Muppet movie look like that wasn't a musical. Um, and it's Muppets from Space. Uh, everyone's least favorite. <laughs> so, <laughs> who won at the end of the day? Yeah, I don't know. And, yeah, and then the songs come back in a big way for the next couple movies. They do, they do. I cannot, for the life of me, remember a single song from Muppets Most Wanted. Um, I remember every 
fucking song for Muppets Most Wanted. Wow. That wow. soundtrack slaps. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm very interested uh, to see how that one holds up for me. Um, Cause I was very disappointed by it at the time. Uh, but we'll, we'll see when we get there. Um, I don't know about the movie, but I've, I was saving this for the Muppets most wanted episode, but I've already been listening to the Muppets most wanted soundtrack since I think Muppets take Manhattan. Wow. <laughs> Cause someone mentioned it and I'm like, Oh my God, the big yeah. house. <laughs> <laughs> I wow. picked out this review on Rotten Tomatoes because I thought it was pretty accurately sum- summing up what this film is. And it says some of this is fun, some of it's extraneous. And by the end, it's hard to tell the difference. And mm. I think that that was a really good summary of this this film of like, it it's so close to being a Muppet, like what we want a Muppet movie to be, but it's just slightly missing a beat. Um, so like you said, mm. Nick, it's still a great time. It's still a delight even though it's not the shining star of the Muppets. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. Yes. They play shining star at some point, right? They do. Yeah, they do. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> Did I imagine that? Yeah. Um, Becca, do you have any closing thoughts on Muppets from Space? I just am delighted that y'all invited me here to talk about it. Because, uh, <laughs> and I remember when I was talking to Scott, I was like, oh, what what Muppet movie other than I think like you already said that you were like Christmas is off the table and I was like damn it um but I think I was like what movie will I have the most to say about and I for sure was like it's Muppets from Space definitely (laughs) and so I do still firmly stand in the I think it is the worst Muppet movie that they've ever made but I also think it is a product of its time and like Mm -hmm. if it had been a musical with a ween song in it like I think it would have fit better of we if we leaned into the 90s a little more and made it more of a time capsule movie rather than a trying to be a timeless Muppet movie. Yeah. I think it, it would have it would have shined. Um, yeah, I, my my feeling is basically like if this is the worst Muppet movie, we have it pretty good. Yeah. You know, sure. yeah. like, you know, on franchiseography, we've talked about the worst Men in Black movie, the worst Star Trek movie. The worst scream. Yeah. Um, and I think as dire as franchise can get, yeah, like this is this is just like, yeah, there's some awkward like uh moments. <laughs> yeah. I don't like that. But it's it's mostly like a, a pleasant experience. I think. Yeah. If somebody was like, Hey, you have to watch Muppets from Space again right now, I'd be like, Well, all right. You know, like it wouldn't be <laughs> I wouldn't consider it like a punishment. I'd just be like, Yeah, okay, all right, I guess so. Sure, we can watch Muppets from Space. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, it's not on Disney Plus though, so you have to rent it each time. That's true. That is the punishment. That um. was that was my my secret reveal on my Twitter. I was like, Scott's really making me pay four dollars. Come on. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm not doing it. I did. I mean, you know, I. It's not my fault. It's not on Disney Plus. That's fair. It's Sony's. <laughs> yes. Yeah. As Sony. many reasons why some of our best films are not on Disney Plus, it's Sony's fault. That's very true. Um. Okay, I'm gonna leave this. I'm gonna leave with with a with I put with a question. Uh, Becca, Tom Holland, does he become a Muppet or does he treat the Muppet like a scene partner? Hmm. What a question. I I think I've... he's in the scene partner camp. Okay, um, he's in the Michael Caine camp. I think I think he's a both kind of situation of like like. If he's playing Spider-Man, he's also a Muppet. 
But mm. like I saw Uncharted, and I think he's a scene partner in the way that he plays Uncharted. Even though they're both just Tom Holland being a teenager, <laughs> they're sure. just slightly different. I think he. I think it would depend on the role for him. He's supposed truly. to be an adult man in Uncharted. Um, I know, but so he is... it was not done successfully. My favorite thing apparently. about about Tom Holland is like I know he's an adult because he's my age. Yeah, but I can't get. I can't think about it that way. Um, to, see, I, I think the problem, I think the reason why he straddles the line is because despite what uh, 2011's The Muppet says about uh, Jim Parsons, I believe that Tom Holland is the actual human equivalent of Walter. Um, I think if Walter became a human, it would be, he would become Tom Holland. Yes. Oh, go blindly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Agreed. Um, Zendaya also, I would be fascinated to see interact with Muppets. Mm. I feel like she has. I'm going to find the clip. I feel <laughs> like. Uh, yeah. So interesting. Well, uh, Becca, such a delight having you on the show. We'll have to do it again soon. Yes. Maybe Nick, you'll come on our show when we come back. It'll be yeah, great. Pick, a, great. pick an attraction in any amusement park ever. It doesn't even have to be in an amusement park. We did a cave episode. <laughs> Just about the concept of caves? Show caves. Yeah. Oh, wow. We had a geologist on. It was a great time. I learned so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What's that like bat cave in like San Antonio? I don't know. We talked about the ones in Tennessee mostly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Uh, One thing we like to ask our our guests uh, this this, uh, mini series, um, what would you like to see the Muppets do next as a film? um, The one that always jumps around is like Les Mis is always a really cool (laughs) idea um wow that's dark it's super dark and it wouldn't be like like because everybody's always like oh the one non-muppet character and it's like no you can't just do one and like that's the other thing is like people who say the one non-muppet character clearly don't watch muppet movies (laughs) it's true um but i i always think about how to make like a dark muppet film because like how lighthearted could you make it or can you make it lighthearted like sweeney todd would also be fun like gonzo yeah like think about oh man i just or like the opera i was gonna say phantom or like jekyll and hyde i think would be really fun i don't know any of them so you want you want a musical theater maybe starring the muppets as a movie sure yeah why not okay all right muppet spring awakening no no, not that one, Nick. No. <laughs> okay. Muppets Sunday in the Pork Sunday in the Park. Sunday in the Pork with George. The Freudian slip right there. It yeah. was right there. <laughs> That's the one. Officially. Um Yeah. I don't know. Music I because mm. the Muppets are so focused on music, I always instinctively go, What musical could you make into a Muppet film? Mm. Yeah. Um Yeah. Muppet almost yeah. Muppet almost famous. <laughs> Muppet Mean Girls. Muppet Mean Girls. Yeah. Muppet oh, Company. Muppet Company. Merrily We Roll Along weirdly would give, give itself to the Muppets very well. It's similar to the 2011 Muppet movie. Wow. Yeah, you're right. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. Yeah. Gosh. Well, I can't wait. I I, I mean, you know, we're, we're at that era. I and mean, we finally made it to the Jason Siegel. What if the Muppets were like the 70s again? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited to hear hear your thoughts on those because I... I loved the 2011 movie when it came out mm-hmm. so um yeah i'm excited to hear what you have to say 
Yeah, I'm I, really excited to rewatch that one. Yeah, I haven't watched it in like ten years, so I'm excited to see if it holds up. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, in any you. event. Thank you. Uh, Becca, what's the name of your podcast so everyone knows to go subscribe? Yeah, it's uh, Q to Q. It's spelled like a Q line. So it's, what is it? Q-U-E-U-E. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You'll find it. We'll, I'll let you know. We'll come <laughs> back soon, I promise. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for joining us. And uh, everyone listening, uh, duelinggenre.com slash support. Join the Patreon and uh, listen to Geek by Night and join the Discord. The link is in the show notes. And we will talk to you next week with 2011's The Muppets. Bye, everybody. You're a shining star, no matter who you are. Shining bright to see what you can truly be. You're a shining star, no matter who you are. Shining bright to see. You can truly be your shining star, no matter who you are. Shining bright to see what you can truly be. What you can truly be, shining star for you to see what your life can truly be. Shining star for you to see what your life can truly be.